Good afternoon, I guess. Yeah, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to Spirit Storytime. My name is Bunny. Today, we're going to be doing um, an episode about psychics, mediums, uh, specifically about clairs. And so the tools that psychic and mediums will use to get the messages and uh, kind of their definitions and explanations. Um, I'm also going to be doing a little bit of my own personal anecdotes on psychic mediums and uh, give you a little information about that. So first of all, let's uh, define what a psychic is and what a medium is. So a psychic is someone who uses their intuition to receive information about someone's past, present, future, or a combination of all three. Psychics tap into the sitter's energy field and connect to spirit guides, angels, the higher self, or even universal consciousness. So they can use their own spirit guides. They can have, they can speak to the spirit guides of the sitter. They can speak to angels. So the angels either that are surrounding themselves or the sitter, the higher selves. So the higher selves can talk to each other or universal consciousness. So we're all connected. We all have um, thoughts and universal consciousness. Actually, Nikola Tesla and Albert Einstein famously have said that a lot of their ideas did not come from themselves that they just kind of tapped into. Nostradamus is also one. Um, Edward Casey or Edgar Casey sorry, is also another one. Um, tools that are sometimes used by psychics, but they don't have to use tools, but tools that can be used by psychics would be tarot cards, oracle cards, crystal balls, runes, and even astrology. Psych psychics will offer guidance, inspiration, and a fresh perspective on life situations. So these are typically the questions of, you know, will my is will my surgery go okay? When am I going to find love? Is my daughter going to make it through her difficult decision? Those kind of questions are the things that psychics will answer. Um, a medium, the definition of a medium, a medium connects to sitters, recognizable loved ones in spirit. So these are people who have passed away. Now, yes, I did say recognizable. It doesn't mean that um, psychic amnesia doesn't happen. So there have been times where people, a medium has said, you know, um, I have this mother energy coming through da, 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 and the person has no clue and then either later in the reading, later that day, the next day, a week later, they go, oh, wait, that was Aunt Joe on mom's side. You know, she was my great aunt. Or even talking to someone else. So talking to their mother, father, their grandmother, their sister. And they go, yeah, do, don't you remember so-and-so? And that kind of thing. So that can happen. So even though it's not recognizable right at that moment, the messages are still valid. So uh, mediums are intermediaries between the spirit world and the earthly plane. Most mediums will set their attention before sitting with a client that they will receive loving and healing messages only. So this is something that's very important. I've actually had somebody who's a skeptic of mediums say, well, yeah, but every medium says you know, oh, the person loves you and it's always a nice message. And I said, yeah, because most mediums 
say that that's the only types of messages and the only things that they want to know about and hear about. They don't want to know that, you know, they don't want to be able to say, hey, Aunt Joe's going to die tomorrow. They don't want that. Um, I know myself, I will actually set the intention that I will only receive messages from spirit where I can help. So if I'm going to get a message and, so, you know, somebody's going to come through and I'm not going to be able to say that the person died in the 1800s and there's nobody connected to them in that area, in that room, nothing that can actually be helped and nothing that can be validated. I'm, you know, it's kind of a hard thing for me to do because nobody can connect with that. So I ask that that one just steps aside and maybe find somebody who can help them. There are mediums. We can we can talk about spirits and ghosts. So there are mediums who can speak to both spirits and ghosts. As far as I'm concerned, both spirits and ghosts are on the spiritual plane. Um, spirits are loved ones who have crossed, made the transition, gone into the light, gone on to the other side, however you want to describe it. And then they come back to visit so they can visit you in dreams and um, in the physical, well, not physical form, but yeah, I mean, I guess kind of physical form where they can move things or send birds and that sort of thing um, and drop, you know, dimes or feathers or whatever. <laughs> but definitely the difference between the two is that the spirits have transitioned. Ghosts usually have not transitioned. So for whatever the reason is, maybe they had a traumatic death and did not know that they died. That's a big one. Um, other things is if they have unfinished business or if they're just angry or, you know, there's a lot of different things if they have a connection to somebody on earth. So I know of one where there was uh, a man who died and he was highly connected to his younger brother who he had said he was going to take care of and never leave. And unfortunately, he died young um, and he wasn't able to fulfill that promise. And he felt guilt and felt bad and didn't want to leave. Um, so he didn't get gain his rest. And so that was something that... He, you know, they had to, he had to actually work through and, and mediums can help with that. There are a lot of mediums who can help with that stuff. Okay, now let's go on to the Claire's. So this is spelled C-L-A-I-R, Claire's. The Claire's are the ways that psychic and mediums receive their messages. The biggest thing that I love to do, or the, the one thing that I love to do when I go to platform mediumship. So this is where the medium stands in front of a group of people. The people have all bought tickets to come to the show. They sit in rows in an audience and there is one or more psychic mediums standing at the front of the room and they will say, I have a mother energy here or can I come to you because they can see the spirit beside you. So these are the ones, and at the end of the day of those of that show, sometimes there's a question and answer. If there, if I ever am able to ask a question of a panel of psychic mediums, I always ask, "How do you receive your messages?" Every psychic medium can receive in different ways. So some of them get symbols, some of them get feelings, 
senses, knowings. This is what the Claire's is explaining. This was something that I learned with the psychic medium information. And I was like, oh, that explains it. So the first one is clairvoyance or clear seeing. This one is probably the most known one. Um, it's the one that you're going to see in TV shows and that sort of thing. Um, and this is the one where you can actually see anything that is not physically present. This sight occur occurs in the mind's eye. So this is when you can, sometimes there is actually psychic mediums who can actually see the person standing right beside the, the spirit, standing right beside the person who is, uh, it, it, they belong to. So, you know, your aunt Jo comes in and she's standing just to the left of your, you know, of you and the psychic can actually see the person or psychic medium can actually see the person standing there. They can also see pictures or symbols. So you'll hear something like I'm being presented with white roses and white roses to me means grandma. Grandma's favorite flower was right, white roses. So whenever I see white roses, I know that means that your grandma has passed. And, you know, um, yeah, there's like a lot of the symbols. Now the symbols, this is very good. There are a lot of people and they can do full visions. They can see full things happening in front of them. Sometimes some of them describe it like a movie. So they are actually watching a situation happen. Sometimes you have to just interpret with what you're seeing. Um, and through practice, through many years of practice, you understand that when you see this, like if see, you see an anchor and you know that your Uncle Joe who was in the Navy, which is the anchor, um, that he died of a stroke. So you would associate the anchor with either somebody in the Navy or somebody who had a stroke. This is how the mediums will have to decipher what the symbol means for them. And that's just through practice. Clear audience or clear hearing is the next clear. That's the ability to hear the voices or thoughts of spirits. It can sound like someone is standing closely beside them or they hear their voices in their minds as a verbal thought. This is part, I, I kind of have this one so I can explain this to you. When I'm sleeping, sometimes I will have a message and it will sound like somebody is actually in the room with me. So I will, I've actually woken up after hearing the message thinking, wow, that was like someone was just sitting right beside me and were saying these words to me and there's no physical person there. <laughs> so I know that that wasn't what it was and I don't recognize the voice. I have no idea who it is. So it's likely an angel or a spirit guide or something like that, or a guide, um, that's actually talking to me at that moment. So that, so I'll have that. The other thing is hearing a thought, um, inside your head. So I've asked a question and either ver out loud verbally or in my head, in my mind, and I get a response and that response can come in a thought. Now, the way that I recognized that this was happening was actually that I 
had a, like I was in the middle of a conversation. I was saying something, actually, I was talking about Steve and about how when Steve was alive, and for those of you who don't know, Steve is my late husband who passed away in December 2017 from a battle with cancer. Um, he, he didn't believe, he believed that when you died, you died, and that was just it. And as I was telling one of my friends, I was saying that it was very interesting that the two men that I had in my life, so my my practice husband or my first husband, Chris, and then Steve, um, the two of them did not believe in an afterlife or spirits, ghosts, anything like that. They believed that once you died, you died and that was it. It was over. Um, that was definitely what Steve's beliefs were when he died. I, I'm pretty sure he changed his mind just before he, just before he died, but we didn't really talk about that. But I was telling my friend that it was very funny. It was very interesting to me that the two men in my life that I would have as close connections to me, both didn't believe in an afterlife. And right in the middle of me telling her this, before I even had the full sentence out, I heard, quote unquote, this thought popped in my head and said, oh, I know different now. And when I heard that, I knew it was Steve. Chris is still alive, thankfully. Um, but I knew it was Steve. And I don't know necessarily that I heard heard his voice as far as like that way of knowing. I kind of felt that it was him. And he said, well, now I know different. Like that was the thought that, and it kind of distracted me. And that was the first time that I understood that those messages that, or those thoughts that just kind of come out of left field like that, like it, it isn't, um, an A plus B equals C kind of thought. It was an A plus B equals eight. So it was a total, like out of left field did not make sense. And Sorry, I got distracted here because A plus B equals eight would be would be an answer, and that's fine. Um, but but yeah, so it was it's just my way of saying okay, so A plus B equals cat, like something like that, like something that would have been totally different. Then I understood that that wasn't me, and it wasn't my thought, and that's when I started to recognize that that has been happening to me my whole life. I just didn't understand that that's what it was. Okay. Now the next one is going to be clairsentience. Clairsentience. I'm trying, having a hard time saying it. Or the clear seeing, clear feeling. So this is the ability to have an impression of what the spirit wants to communicate or the physical feelings that the spirit felt during life. So for me, I do have the clairsentience as well. I can feel... So when I say, like, I'm an empath, so I, I'm used to feeling other feelings as well, used to feeling other energies as well. But in these cases, if I'm communicating with a spirit and I feel that same feeling that I would get when my grandma was in the room, I would say to somebody, is your grandma in spirit? Because, and I, or I'd say, I feel like there's a grandma energy here. And it's because that's what I feel. I feel kind of like what I would feel like when my grandma was in the room, the same kind of feeling. Same with my dad. If my, when my dad 
would be in the room, something that I would feel. So that's how I have that. Um, I also have experienced, thankfully only one time, but I've also experienced, I had a mediumship where I did platform mediumship for the first time and I had the word fire. And as soon as I said the word fire, I couldn't breathe. I physically felt like there was just no air getting into my lungs. It was like heaviness. And so I said, oh, the person was in a fire. So as soon as I felt that, I knew that that. So there's also been times where I've I've been driving down the street and all of a sudden I got this blinding headache just out of nowhere. And I said, what is this? Like, I didn't say it out loud, but I have. But <laughs> but in this time, I didn't. I thought to myself, what is this? And all of a sudden I heard, it's not yours. And so I said, in my head, I said, this isn't mine. So this belongs to somebody. Yes. So I'd picked up a spirit as I was driving and I said, I do apologize. You know, like I can't help you. I'm not sure. Can you please go find somebody who can help you? And instantly my headache went away. And it mean, it was blinding. It was so, so much pain. I actually almost pulled over. So that can happen. Um, Claire, Oh, I don't know how to say this. Clear alliance or clear smelling is the ability to smell a spirit. So I don't know about you guys, but I've had, I've experienced this as well. There's a couple of people, Steve and my dad, who passed away who smoked cigarettes. And, well, they smoked pot too, but they smoked cigarettes. And I will smell cigarette smoke sometimes. And I know it's one of the two of them. I will also sometimes smell marijuana smoke. And there isn't any marijuana smoke in that area at that time. Um, I've also smelled perfumes. I've smelled things like baking, cooking, uh, pipe smoke. The pipe smoke, I'm always a little bit... I'm not sure if it's my my granddad or Grandpa Jack, because both of them smoked pipes. So sometimes I have to ask after and I mean, sometimes it could be just another spirit that I'm not, I don't really know that well. Anyways, Claire Gustance or Claire ta- Clear Tasting is the ability to receive taste impressions from a spirit. So this is something where you will be sitting there, you'll be connecting with spirit, and all of a sudden you get the taste of... Well, I wanted to say metal in your mouth. So maybe like the taste of blood or iron, that kind of thing. Um, that could mean bite your tongue. It could mean the person had that kind of taste. Um, you could also be tasting things like vanilla or cinnamon or something strong like that. I don't have a lot of examples of that. I, I know that I have felt that, but but I'm not really sure. And then finally, the last clear is clear cognizance or clear knowing. It's the ability to know something without receiving it through normal psychic senses or physical senses. So the clear knowing or the clear knowing, I mean, clear cognizance. Um, I remember one example that I can think of. Myself and my friend were at a McDonald's in Welland. And we were sitting there and I looked 
we were out on the patio and we were going to do some um, practice with our oracle cards and crystals and that sort of thing. And she got a phone call. And so she was talking on the phone. And while she was talking on the phone, I just was looking around the patio. And on the patio, there were six tables, but only four of them were occupied. So we were sitting at one table over by the door. Then the next table closest to us was a couple sitting there. Then there was a table where there was a man, a young man sitting by himself. And then just beside that table, but far enough away, but just beside that table was a table with an older couple, probably in their 50s or so, with a little girl who was wearing a soccer outfit. And the man, the young man who was sitting by himself had a piece of paper and he was writing on it with a pen. And the little girl was standing and dancing. You know, she was in her soccer outfit, so you could tell she had a lot of energy and um, and the older couple was there. And immediately I looked at the situation and I just knew that it was a handoff from a dad to gram- grandma and grandpa of the young girl. I don't know what made me know this or question, or question you know, what it, why I was <laughs> knowing this. But I just looked at the situation and I immediately thought this with a complete... Um, Zen understanding. So when I say Zen, I mean, like there was no excitement, no emotion behind it. It was just a complete understanding that this was dad. These were mom's parents and he was doing the handoff. And this is where it was happening was at McDonald's. And I second guessed myself because, you know, I've probably had these same thoughts when I was younger and people have told me it was just my imagination. Um, you know, how could I know that? No, that's not real. That sort of thing. So I've been conditioned to believe that that's not real. And so I second guessed myself. And I looked and I was like, well, why would I think that? That's so weird. And they weren't really interacting at all. The man was sitting so he could watch the little girl with the parent, with the grandparents, but he wasn't like looking up or anything. He was just writing on this piece of paper. And then the little girl and the grandparents went inside and I was fully expecting the young man to get up and leave because if this was his daughter and this was the handoff and this was the whole reason, that would make sense. It was over. So he would get up and go. Well, they got, the the grandparents and the little kid had gotten up and walked into the restaurant and I thought, oh great, he's not leaving, so I'm wrong. And then it was about five minutes later, they went, I saw them go to the car, so they must have went to the washroom. And as soon as I saw them walk over to the car, he got up and he left too. And I was like, oh, okay. Now, of course, ego brain, earth brain is like, well, you don't have evidence. You don't know for sure that that was what happened. But I will tell you that the feeling that I had was pure peace, pure calmness, pure Zen and understanding that, yes, that is precisely what I had witnessed. And that was one of my ways of the claircognizance or, or knowing information that I couldn't know. 
Now, I've done this many times in my life, as I said, but there were times where I was talked out of it or I talked myself out of it. Now, one thing I will say, um, in my family, we have the, we have a lot of psychic abilities in my family. Um, but the biggest way that we accept them is in dreams because anything can happen in your dreams. So being a waking quote unquote psychic is a little bit different than what I was quote unquote programmed for through my experiences growing up. Now, I don't specifically remember seeing spirits when I was a kid, but I must have. And I'll tell you why. So I was a typical kid of having some fears of, you know, monsters under my bed. I never liked closets. I would always close closet doors. Um, I'll tell you <laughs> why. It's because I do remember that I have had spirits come through closet doors to talk to me when I was sleeping. I know that for sure. I likely had it when I was awake too when I was younger, but I don't remember. I don't remember seeing spirits when I was a kid, but I do believe that children's imaginary friends, children are more than likely speaking to spirits or things unseen, things from the other side. So spirits, ghosts, they're also likely speaking to angels, spirit guides, guides, higher selves, all that kind of stuff. So they're, they're talking to a lot of that. If you have young children and they're coming to you and saying, I'm seeing Grandma Joe, or I'm, you know, I, I, they, I have this friend and you hear them talking in the corner and you say, who are you talking to? Oh, I'm just talking to my friend. Oh, what does your friend look like? What is her name? What does she do for a living? What is, you know, is there something she wants to tell you? Anything like that. It's, it's definitely, you're going to hear some things and I know that children have great imaginations. They also have great perceptions and they haven't been told yet that they're not supposed to see or hear what it is that they're seeing and hearing. So they have the bigger connections, that sort of thing. My dad, I don't remember seeing things myself, but my dad always encouraged intuition in us. So he always said, if it doesn't feel right, it's not right, no matter what that other person says. And I was always like, okay, I get it. So my intuition has always been strong and always been encouraged, which is such a blessing that I had a father that did that for me. Um, because a lot of times women's intuition gets knocked out. People will say, no, you're just imagining things. But really, it's not. It's really your true feelings. You may not understand it fully, but if you think it's wrong, it's wrong. It doesn't matter. So I remember my dad saying to me, if you don't, if you want them to leave you alone, tell them to leave you alone and they will stop bothering you. I didn't understand that as a kid, that that meant that I was blocking myself and that spirit would still be there. <laughs> I thought that meant they would leave me alone. But that's precisely what happened. They did leave me alone, except when I'm sleeping. They did leave me alone because they 
I could, I no longer allowed myself to see or hear or feel them. It doesn't mean that I didn't. I still did. But usually it was when I was a little bit off guard. So I'll tell you an example. In my home, my home is was built in 1916. I've lived here for 20 years. And well, I guess 21 years. Yeah, 21 years. It was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, okay, cool. It was 98 when I moved in here. Yep, December of 98. So 21 years. My oldest son is 19, almost 20. So it was before I had children. I moved in here with my practice, her first husband, Chris. We bought the house from my grandma. She wanted to get a bigger house and we wanted to get into home ownership. We moved into this house. I didn't really visit it too much when it, when my grandma lived here. I wasn't very close to my grandma Jean. But uh, I had been in here a few times and I, I never really got any weird feelings or anything from it. But I didn't, I didn't really spend a lot of time. Well, as I started living here, I did have some experiences. My first experience that I can recall, I used to leave my bedroom door open because my our dog would, you know, wander around all time of night and day. And I remember hearing, mommy, 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 at about four o'clock in the morning. So I was in that half awake, half asleep. And I looked down the hallway to where my children's room is now. Although at that time, it was just a spare bedroom. There was no children. And it was a girl's voice that I heard. And I looked, and when I looked, I saw a girl about four to six years old standing right at the doorway, looking down the hallway at me. Mommy, mommy, mommy. And she was very scared, and she was wearing a red long nightgown with the white collar and I knew she was calling for me and then I woke up fully and I talked myself out of it because I had to because otherwise I'd be too scared and I'd want to leave my house um a couple of other times I saw what I thought was Chris going into the bathroom right beside our house or sorry our room and I looked and he was actually still in the bed beside me. So, of course, I had to convince myself because immediately after both of these or any of these experiences, the hairs stand up. I got the goosebumps and felt all that energy. And I was like, oh, my goodness, no. And I'd get scared. My heart would start beating really fast because, of course, I was scared because I just saw a ghost. And in those cases, they they really were ghosts. Um I don't know that they were full-on hauntings, but they were definitely ghosts. They didn't do too, too much to me. Um, they did little things like hiding my hairbrush, hiding a bottle, those kind of things. Um, and then I'd find them after. When Christopher was born, that's my oldest son, he wouldn't stay in the room by himself. So he was actually, he actually slept in our bedroom for a very long time. Our, his crib was in our room and then he had a crib mattress on the floor because he wouldn't leave. He had a bed, a perfectly good bed in his room, but he wouldn't go. Not until he was about th almost three when Denton 
had come along at two and a half when he was two and a half and when he was no longer in a bassinet beside my bed I put him in the crib in the room and then Christopher would go in there and sleep in there but before that he would not and Denton as he got a little bit older he started to say interesting things to me Denton is 17 now so he says I'm crazy he doesn't see anything. He never saw anything. He doesn't believe any of these stories. But he definitely did see things. And in our house, there was one that he saw that he pointed at the at the bathroom and he said, Mommy, and he was like three years old. And he said, Mommy, why does my daddy have to go to work, but that daddy doesn't have to go to work? And pointed into our empty bathroom. And I said, I don't know, buddy. Why don't you ask him? Because I didn't want to tell him that it wasn't real. Because I, I believed it was real. And I didn't want to tell him any of that. I also, he wasn't totally scared about it. So I was not going to put my imprint, my fears. And that, that was one thing that I definitely um, made sure that I did. So there's a lot of different things of seeing, um, hearing, feeling, sensing, smelling. I'm still developing my mediumship skills and by that what I mean is first of all I have the blocks up that my dad even though he didn't mean to do it to me um you know he that was probably his coping that's like I wish I could really ask him about it but that's probably what his coping mechanisms mechanisms were he likely saw it himself as well and he just said, nope, I'm not going to see it. And then he, that's what he passed down to me to tell me that that's what, how you get rid of them. Um, I, I don't want to, to pass that on myself. Um, but now I want to open those again. And so I'm still a little bit scared though. Like, like let's be honest. I'm still a little bit scared. Also the mediumship thing, the biggest, um, fears for when people do mediumship, generally the biggest fears for people who are just starting it out again or doing it, communicating, first of all, you are worried that it's just your imagination. It's not real. It's just you. You know, you're just making stuff up. Second is that you'd be wrong. So... That's a big thing for us, right? How many times have you been sitting in a classroom when you were a kid and the teacher called on you to give an answer and you got scared, adrenaline started pumping through because you were afraid that the answer that you were going to give was wrong and that everybody would laugh at you, make fun of you, or you would get in trouble or something like that. So, of course, that's a conditioned response too, is that you're going to be wrong. You're going to say something and the person's going to go, nope. You're going to say... Hey, I'm getting a letter B. Uh, she says her name is Barb. And they go, nope, don't know a Barb. Never known a Barb. Nobody named Barb in my family at all. I don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. I knew you weren't real. All that kind of stuff. So that's definitely a fear. The third and biggest fear that most mediums have is what if nothing comes to me? So what if I get absolutely nothing? What if I draw a blank? What if I book a party and I sit with somebody with a client and I get nothing. Absolutely blankness. That's a fear 
for sure. Those are fears. I do know psychic mediums and that has happened. I, I know tarot cards, so psychics who with the tarot cards, I know psychic mediums who said, you know, actually I have a, my friend who went to Lilydale, which is a big, um, medium community. You have to be a medium that is certified by Lilydale to live in Lilydale. So these are, you know, very well-known established mediums. <clears throat> and she went to get a reading from a Lilydale medium in Lilydale. She sat down. She had already given her her money. And the medium said to her, I can't read you. Here's a refund. So that is very possible. I've had friends who have done that in tarot readings, other psychic medium readings, and they just can't make that connection. And they say, here you go. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be able to read you today. Why that happens, anyone's guess. It could be just that they didn't make a connection. It could be that there was no message for that person from spirit. It could be that the person was so skeptical they had their own blocks up. There's so many different reasons of why you won't get a message. Also understand that mediums, even the best psychic mediums, are still wrong about 80, or sorry, they're right about 80% of the time, 80 to 90% of the time. So 10 to 20% of the time, they're wrong. It could be on the part of the person not knowing. It could be on the part of translating the message that they're not translating, but yeah, sort of like translating, but interpreting the message that they're receiving, the images that they're receiving. Believe me, every psychic media <laughs> in the world wishes that the message came through like this. Tell my niece, Joanne, that it's Aunt Sue and I want her to go find the, you know, my gold ring in the fourth drawer. Like every medium wants that specific, like it's a, like it's an actual phone call and we're an operator or an interpreter and we're just saying the things exactly. Sometimes it's like Google Translate. Sometimes what it is, we get the information, it's coming to us, we go to say it. But because of our Google Translate is not exactly right. And that's fine. Because to me, I could see, like I said, we'll use the white roses example. So I can say white roses to me represents my grandma. So I say to you, I see white roses and I go, is your grandma in spirit? And you go, no, my grandmas are still alive. And I go, oh. It could literally have just been white roses. If I would have said, I have white roses, and you go, oh my goodness, my Aunt Lily, white roses were her favorite. So it could be that. It could be something simple as that, where the interpretation is just like Google Translate. <laughs> well, I do see here that I'm coming up to 40 minute mark. So if you stayed for the whole um, podcast, thank you very much. I am going to start putting out podcasts every Sunday. We're going to look by 5 p.m. Where That's when I'm going to have them loaded. Thanks again for joining me at Spirit Storytime. Again, my name is Bunny, and we'll look forward to what next week is going to bring. <laughs> Thank you very much. And please share and like if you'd like. Thank you.
बाय